Welcome to the Boost Podcast with Kelly Leonard. The podcast providing you with immediate access to tools, tips, and tactics to boost your business and career success. Build your brand, optimize relationships, obtain more leads, secure thought leadership space, and tap into new markets. It's the Boost Podcast. And now, here's Kelly Leonard. Hello and welcome back to the Boost Podcast. I'm your host, Kelly Leonard. Raised in San Jose, California with degrees in journalism, conflict resolution, and a broadcast film certificate, Carl Beckstrand has run Premio Publishing since 2004. And he's an award-winning author with 27 multicultural books. The parts of Boost we'll tackle in today's episode are Build Your Brand, Obtain More Leads, and tap into new markets. Hey, Carl, welcome to the Boost Podcast. Thank you, Kelly. Glad to be here. Excellent. So for folks who are hearing your name for the very first time, why don't you tell us a little bit more about yourself? So I grew up in San Jose, California. Um, I got an undergraduate degree in journalism and a master's in conflict resolution. I've lived abroad and I've been a technical recruiter, but 20 years ago, I got my first book published and um, worked with a couple of publishers. And after that, I started my own publishing company. So I have about um, 27 of my own books published, 200 products that we offer, um, mostly multicultural offerings, multilingual, and um, it's just a fun ride. Excellent. Well, thank you for that. And I know there's this saying, like, as you pass a a graveyard, um, so to speak, like how many books you know, left this earth because people just didn't have the tenacity um, to actually publish what they had bubbling on the inside of them. And so question for you would be, how do you get, you know, books and products in front of the right people and buyers? Oh, wow. That's a really loaded question. Because <laughs> <laughs> I could take a few hours. But yeah, I think where we've had success has been publishing um, hardcover, softcover on demand through um, Amazon's KDP and Ingram, and then eBooks. And then the best thing that we've done probably is to make agreements with some of the big distributors or wholesalers. Mm -hmm. You know, in the past, the big publishing houses had exclusivity to those distribution channels. And now even a small person or a small publisher can um, get agreements with Ingram, Baker & Taylor, Follett, Brodart. And um, that's been great for our business. Wow. And so that's interesting that you should say that because I know a lot of individuals initially think of self-publishing. So what when you think about self-publishing versus going to one of the bigger houses, what are the benefits, the pros and cons of either scenario? Well, it used to be that the large publishers had the prestige mm-hmm. and had the access to the distribution. So today they have the prestige. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's it. Uh-huh. <laughs> My first experiences with two publishers were learning experiences, meaning they were somewhat painful. <laughs> so um, I found that publishers control the money, they control the marketing or the lack thereof, and they also can control the content, which is kind of disturbing. Mm-hmm. And so I decided I wanted to control the money, the marketing and the content on my own. So that would be so a pro on the side of self-publishing is that you can control a lot of that. A con on the um, going through one of the houses would be that you don't control those things. And so on the flip side, what would you say would be potentially a negative implication of self-publishing and a positive? I, I will. I mean, I guess you alluded to the fact that the prestige 
um, the larger houses of, but, but what would you say was one of the downfalls of self-publishing? Um, it's a lot more work than just having a publisher handle everything. Mm-hmm. But I found that I'm, as an author, I'm much better at promoting my books than publishing houses. And even if you're published through a large publisher, they expect the author to be the main marketer in the first place because they know their story. They're the most passionate about it. But publishers typically stop marketing very early. Mm-hmm. And something that I've done in my business is I continue to promote my very first book as if it's new. And so um, I'm always promoting even early books and they're still selling. <laughs> now, one of your early books, like or 10 years, more than 10 years, like uh, almost 20 years. Wow. Wow. Okay. So, but, but what is the, the content? I, I'd imagine it's content where it's relatively like it's evergreen. So it's never like sort of the subject matter hasn't changed. So I'd imagine that that would make a difference. Yes, it does. Um, uh, many of my early titles were children's books, picture books, um, mm-hmm. Spanish, English with pronunciation guide. And so, um, yeah, picture books, hopefully I've written them to be timeless, mm-hmm. enduring, but there's always new audiences. You know, the target audience continually ages out. So I'm always seeking to reach a, a younger audience, newer audience. Now, and then how did you even pick the subject matter around children's books? Those early books picked me. They would hmm. answer me. <laughs> they wouldn't okay. leave me alone until I wrote them down. So say more about that, though. Like when you say they picked you, what is it like you just had something, you know, it bubble up in your gut where it was like, yeah. write me. I have this idea. Write me. Yeah, it's almost like you're hounded by story ideas. Many people will find out that I write and they'll say, oh, I've always wanted to publish a book. And I'll say, well, tell me about your idea. And often they'll say, I don't have one. And inside I'm thinking you're not a writer because I get ambushed by ideas constantly in the middle of the night, you know, just whenever. And I have to write it down or it won't leave me alone. Wow, that's interesting. So would you say that that is perhaps a great litmus test? For whether or not you should even invest in writing a book, if it's something that's so nagging that it won't let you sleep. Because, I mean, of course, like I started off by saying that, you know, many of people go to their grave and with great ideas and information that they haven't put on paper. But not all ideas are probably book worthy. Um, And so what would you is is that a litmus test? I don't want to go as far as to say if you don't have a book idea right now, you can't be a writer or an author. But most people have um, something that's burning inside of them. You've heard the phrase, a message from your mess, Mm -hmm. your Mm -hmm. life of hard knocks or whatever. Everybody has a story. And if you feel like it's worthwhile, then, then yeah, get it out. And for me, you know, I have file folders full of ideas I'll never get to. (laughs) I have so Mm -hmm. many ideas. But um, yeah, maybe you just have one story to tell and, you know, get a good editor and you can get um, a good message out. And so is there all, because you hear about ghostwriters also. So is there, and and you just alluded to the fact that you have file folders of ideas and messages and things like that. At what point does one say, this is a book for me to write versus, you know what? I am going to engage a ghostwriter to perhaps bring this idea to life. Yeah. If you've never had any experience writing, then you probably want to find a ghostwriter. But if um, you have some, experience writing. Um, you can try it out. That's the wonderful thing about editors. You know, one of my favorite books is um, To Kill a Mockingbird by Harper Lee. 
Mm. And for most of my life, I thought she was the greatest literary genius there was. And then I realized that was her only book for years and years. Wow. For most of her life was her only book. And I thought, hmm, how did she get such a quality book on her first try? And then I learned she had this wonderful editor that worked for her for like a year or more. Mm-hmm. Editor really makes the difference. Wow. And you know, when you when you lift up that title, it makes me want to go down a whole different road around like, what are your impressions of all these book bands and things like that? And I, and perhaps that's a subject for another time, but I am curious to know your thoughts on if you give me sort of like the 60 second soundbite of what are your thoughts around this nationwide sort of these book bands that are, are, are popping up. Well, book bands can be very good for sales. (laughs) Historically, book bands have always led to worse things. And so I don't believe in book bands. However, Parents, schools, of course, have limited budgets and can be selective about what they choose for their children. And I'm all for that. I mean, totally within their prerogative to pick and choose what's best for their students or their children. Mm-hmm. But yeah, otherwise, book bands just help sales. Wow. Interesting. Okay. Now, okay. And since you talked about sales, let's move on. Let's let's ask a question with regard to marketing and uh, share with us how important that marketing is, how important marketing is for books and what are some of the best practices around marketing books? Yeah, marketing is essential. Um, I have a dear friend who just passed away and she wrote several of the best fantasy books that are out there and nobody knows it because oh. she didn't market. She was an amazing author. And um, yeah, I'm still trying to, to work with her family to see if we can get her books, all of her books out. Um, because they were wonderful, but she didn't market, didn't, didn't wow. make, and, um, and that's the real work of writing. I think, mm-hmm. yes, you can pour your soul, blood, sweat, and tears into your book, but after that, you still have a lot to do. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so traditional um, advertising, um, emailing, social media posts um, are still valid. And um, I've been advertising on Amazon and for almost two years, I lost money doing that. Hmm. But it was a learning curve, um, and now it's profitable for me. Um, and now I find it essential for my business. Mm-hmm. For, for many years, I was able to have good Amazon sales without ads, and now I find I need the ads to continue to have good sales. Wow. Okay. So Amazon sales, social media, marketing. So your traditional forms of marketing are all great ways to market and promote a book. And press releases too. If you can get someone to write a press release for you, that gets you free exposure. You know, you follow up with a media person and they can interview you, get in the newspaper or on the news or on the radio. Mm -hmm. It's free exposure. Now, um, and then in terms of best practices around marketing, like, is there a timetable or like a sort of a strategy around, okay, you should probably start marketing before the book is actually fully published? Absolutely. Um, you need to have your marketing plan written out before you're published while the book is being edited, or if not before. And um, yeah, have multiple strategies, multiple platforms. You want to try to get reviews early on as early as you can um, because re- reviews affect sales. They have a direct impact on sales. Hmm. And so, yeah, you want to plan who your target audience is, how you're going to reach them, what your budget is, things like that. Now I've, I've been asked on several occasions when I have friends who are writers to read a particular chapter before the book is even fully published and to write a review. And I get, I'm assuming they're using that then to also 
um, bake into their marketing strategy. Yes. Is that part of it? Okay. Yeah. Like often you'll see a book with um, part of a review on the cover, you know, mm-hmm. brilliant or whatever. It's like, how did they get that on the cover if the book wasn't out and they got <laughs> review already? You know, but yeah, you send advanced review copies to certain people. Gotcha. Good stuff. Now I am curious about, because, you know, anyone listening to this may be thinking that we're talking about traditional, you know, to your point, hardcover or paperback books. What about Audible books? Because I'm a huge, I love audio books because I feel like, oh, I can actually hear the author or some other person. And it just really makes the the words come to life. And so, um, you know, I, I sort of, that's how I get a lot of reading done is I cheat and listen to an audio book. So what are your thoughts about, is there a rationale behind, if you're going to write a book, you should probably also go ahead and um, publish it in audible version as well. Yes. Um, my books, um, did okay until about 2011. And then I made them eBooks and then sales went way up. And then, um, I had a Western novel that got an international book award and I hired a professional actor to read that book for mm-hmm. audio. Mm-hmm. And, um, and now I'm in the process of, um, getting an audio book edited. It's a self-help book for LGBTQ people. And that's being sound edited right now. And yeah, it's every avenue is more ways to reach more people because not everybody's a reader. Yeah. And some people are also very busy. So audiobooks are great. You can do your chores while you're listening to a story or a self-help book. Yeah. And then even the accessibility as well for, you know, for folks who are unable to physically read a book. Right. right. Um, so yeah, I definitely, I appreciate audible books a lot. Audiobooks are a huge trend right now. They're really exploding. Yeah. Yeah. So now tell me more. I know one of the projects that you're currently working on is the self-help audio book mm-hmm. for LGBTQ um, people of faith. Tell me more about that book. So that's a book I never planned to write, um, mm-hmm. but I had a friend um, persuade me to get it out and I'm kind of glad I did. It was a real learning experience. I had, um, I have a very checkered past um, was exposed to sex very young by a male peer mm-hmm. and was, um, as a youth, just out of control. And then I swung the other way and was um, like a hermit for a decade. And mm-hmm. I realized that um, late in life that God didn't like either of those options for me, mm-hmm. <laughs> that um, he wanted me to have healthful relationships with both sexes. Mm-hmm. And um, the the way that I discovered some of these principles that are in the book was just so counterintuitive and the kinds of connection that I always wanted when I was younger, but thought were impossible because I failed and failed. Mm-hmm. I have now. Mm-hmm. And so it was great to um, figure these things out and have lasting deep relationships that are fulfilling. And so that's what the book is about. Wow. Hopefully save people some of the years of grief that I had. Wow. Awesome. Well, congratulations on that. When will you be publishing? So it came out last year and it's the audiobook that's being edited. Oh, okay. So okay. It's already an ebook and a soft cover and hardcover. Now it'll be an audiobook soon. Wow. Now, and since this is somewhat of an account of your life story, are you reading the book or is someone yes. else reading the book? Yeah, oh. I finally did my own. Yeah. Wow. So now is this your first read? Yes, as an as an audiobook narrator. Yeah. My right. first. Wow. Now, so what are some of your takeaways even from that process? It's simpler than I thought, um, but it definitely needed editing. It definitely needed someone to make the volume correct and, and the same all, all the way across. And 
someone to get little noises out. Mm -hmm. But it wasn't as hard as I thought to, to sit down and record it. Wow. And how many hours of time did it take you? Um, I'm thinking over days and not hours, but it was um, a couple of months to record. Okay. And, um, so my publishing company is my day job. So I don't know how many hours that was. <laughs> now, did I, I had you... lots of other things that I was doing too. Okay. Okay. Now, did you find that, um, like, would, even when you're doing the audio of a book, mm. do you read it in a, like, in set periods, like, you'll take a chapter at a time? Yeah. Because the one thing that I do pick up on occasionally, because, you know, I'm a, I'm a stickler for a good audio book, but I can hear, like, the different cadences. Like, I'm like, oh, this sounds like your morning voice versus this yes. sounds like... You had a cold when you yep. recorded that. So it's interesting to try to even hear the story behind the story of the voice right. that's narrating the story. Yeah. And some of those things are just no way around. <laughs> Hopefully the audio engineer can make it balanced. <laughs> Good stuff. Good stuff. Now tell me more about how you became a publisher. So I um, would get story ideas in college when I should have been doing homework. And then uh -huh. I'd write them down and I'd set them aside thinking, yeah, when I'm, when I'm old and retired, maybe I'll publish. But I was fortunate 20 years ago to, um, I went to just a local um, writer's group event and manuscripts in hand. Does anybody know an agent? Does anybody have an editor? And a gentleman there read my manuscripts and he pulled one out and he said, I'll, I'll publish this one if you want. Mm -hmm. That was my first experience. He actually passed away the day we went to print. Oh, wow. So I got a crash course in what to do after that. Um, and then I worked with one other publisher um, on some true biographies of immigrant kids mm -hmm. that have been really great. Um, I've written several now. But after that one experience with that second publisher, I realized there's, they have too much control <laughs> and I need, I want the control. <laughs> mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, but what was that process like? Of, I mean, you just, you know, sort of declare, I am a publisher. Yeah. Or like, was there a process? And then how are you then... Um, promoting that service to other authors? So it was simpler than I thought. Um, I'm, I currently live in Utah and um, it's very business friendly. So I took mm. out a business license. I think that was free, maybe. Um, IRS uh, um, identification, tax identification mm. number is free. And you just, you know, declare what your organization is and get a bank account and a website and start branding yourself. And yeah, it's not too complicated. Now, what do you find most of the content that you're publishing is? Um, because I know you have a varied, a myriad of different content areas, the children's books, self-help, all these other areas. Are, do you find that you publish a particular type of book? I mostly brand our company as a multicultural book company. Okay. So, um, cause when I was a kid, I would read books, I, you know, growing, growing up in Silicon Valley, very cosmopolitan, mm -hmm. and I would read these children's books with all these white kids. And I think this does not reflect the real world. <laughs> <laughs> uh -huh. And so, yeah, I was always like, if I ever write a book, it's going to show the world as it is. Wow. So yeah, mm -hmm. we try to include all the cultures that we can and mm -hmm. um, other languages. And then, yeah, I have. Western novels, short stories, self-help, so kind of all over the place. Awesome. Well, I definitely appreciate the work that you do 
And I'm sure um, folks are on the line and perhaps listening in and maybe they have a, a book that's bubbling on the inside of them or that they're looking to have published. So what would be the best way for folks to reach you and to learn more about the work that you do or the services that you provide? Sure. Our website is premiobooks.com. Um, and we're on Amazon and Walmart too. My my name is Carl, based on with a K, Carl. And so, um, yeah, we're not currently accepting submissions um, from okay. authors, but from illustrators, we're always looking for good artists. Awesome. And another thing that's important if you want to go the traditional publishing route is to get an agent. Mm, okay, excellent. Thank you for that advice. Sure. And Carl, it's been a pleasure getting to know you and the work that you're you're doing. And so thank you for everything that you do to serve um, readers, avid readers and or aspiring readers, the younger readers in our lives. Thank you. Thank you, Kelly. It's been a pleasure. Well, that concludes this episode of the Boost Podcast. Thank you again for listening in. If you don't mind, if you could like, subscribe, or share the podcast with a friend, I would greatly appreciate it. For more information on anything Boost related, you can visit our website at www.kellytleonard.com.